it's now time for an in-depth look dedicated to all things pertaining to the New York Red Bulls, tackling all of the latest news and happenings both on and off the pitch. This is the Fall of Bulls Podcast. The Red Bulls put themselves in a hole in their Eastern Conference semifinal versus Toronto FC. We analyze the 2-1 loss at home in the first leg and preview the second leg up in Toronto. Hi everyone, welcome once again to the Full of Bulls podcast. Alongside Alfredo Fumasas, I am Mike Corbett. We are talking about the New York Red Bulls. Uh, of course, follow us on our Twitter page, at FOBS Podcast, Instagram, at Full of Bulls. Find us on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes. Alfredo, how you doing? Um, I know this uh, pod today might have a little bit of the same type of tone that your, your one last night had with Benfica, but I don't know, maybe the Benfica one wasn't maybe as negative as we may or may not get on this one though. But how are you doing, regardless? I'm doing well, Mike. I'm. I don't want to get into it, but the the Benfica, the Benfica podcast last night was epic. Yeah. I went on. A, I went on a couple rants and a couple soapbox uh, discourses. Was but, it necessarily uh, about the the Champions League game against Manchester United, or is just overall what's going on with the? No, I mean it's just overall is seeing the quality that the team has and and the players' uh, quality that the team has and and the coach. And there, there's coaches in Portugal with lesser quality teams that play much better yeah. than than uh, than Benfica. But you know, we're here to talk about the Red Bulls. Yeah. So, let's, of course, uh, if you're interested in that. that, go to the Benfica podcast. You guys do a good job on that one. All right. <laughs> Excuse right. me, I'm a little under the weather as well, and it almost looked like the the Red Bulls were a little under the weather Monday night in Harrison. And in the first leg of their Eastern Conference semifinal matchup against the Sh- Supporter Shield winners, Toronto FC, the New York Red Bulls fell to defeat 2-1. to one. Not only a 2-1 to one defeat at home at Red Bull Arena, but that gives Toronto not only the goal advantage in the goal aggregate, but two road goals, which is uh, pretty tough. And this disaster struck early in this one, Alfredo, for the Red Bulls. Victor yeah. Vasquez put the ball in New York's net in the eighth minute, and uh, well, we'll get into this one right now. Just overall, just the, the lead up to this goal, it was just um, bad all around by the Red Bulls. You had Damian Paranel, yeah. his throw in right into the middle of the, the, the pitch in, in their own end. And, you know, Toronto just came up, you know, forced a turnover. Uh, Jose out the door. We'll get more into him in a little bit later. He had, you know, he came around. He had a nice cross that uh, Luis Robles couldn't really handle that well. Sort of punched it straight out right to Vasquez, no one around. And, you know, yeah. he had all the time in the world to put it in the back of the net. Well, yeah, it's it, look, it's it's not the way you want to start a game, right? So if the just a few days before you had the incredible start you had against uh, Chicago, getting on a board early, now you come back to Red Bull Arena. You know what this Toronto team is capable of doing because of what they've done all season, and it's. You catch yourself on a back foot, and even though you're playing home, it's not the best position uh, you want to be in. So not a very good thing for, for the Red Bulls. And, and maybe it it changed a little bit of, of the plan that they had on how to approach this game. Uh, granted that uh, uh, the approach was always that we, we have to get a win. We have to uh, let the... Uh, uh, um, get some advantage going up north because as as we know the the Toronto has been very strong up north and not allowed to get to uh, not allowed Toronto to get any goals and 8 minutes in Toronto's got a goal so now maybe 
you, you, your strategy changes a little bit that now you got to go chase that lead. You got to maybe try to build up a little bit of cushion to take up north. Yeah, and then it almost uh, it almost looked really ugly. It almost looked game, set, and match before halftime for this whole uh, two-legged affair. Marky, Marky Delgado almost made it 2-0. We had a header bounce off the crossbar in the 35th minute. Then after that, the Red Bulls started coming back just a little bit, and they were able to draw a level right at the, you know, in a stoppage time at the end of the first half when Drew Moore came, you know, made contact from with that Bradley Wright Phillips from behind. It was a play where Drew Moore also got hurt in the play, had to be substituted off. Daniel Royal comes up, converts the penalty. All right, you headed into the first half, 1-1. You know, all right, wasn't it's not ideal, but it's not the worst case scenario. And in the second half, yeah. they actually did look a little bit better, the Red Bulls. They were, you know, they were moving around. It still wasn't the same Red Bulls that we'd seen, you know, against Chicago or even the second half of the year when they went on, you know, they had their, you know, start and stop runs. But they were getting back after it. Then disaster once again strikes for the Red Bulls. Javinko, Sebastian Javinko, the best uh, free kick taker probably in MLS. Well, he's, <laughs> he scored the most free goals off of free kicks since 2015 by a – a large margin. He always likes to go to that one spot. And, you know, yep. you know, Philippe, right before that, he's close to him outside the box. And not to, I don't think Javinko dived. I believe there's contact. But Javinko's also the type of guy where, you know, you can have a fly, you know, flap its wings up in, in the, the upper bowl there, and he gets hit with that breeze. Also, you know, he's going to go down. So he's – yeah, he, he is known for that. Uh, but regardless, you have to know your player, you know, the player who you're up against. You're gonna make contact yeah. with him. You get a little rough with him. He's gonna go down, and then you're in that situation. And not only that, just the whole setup—it just looked chaotic. Them setting up the wall for the free kick, and you know, Javinko had a wide open net. It, it, you know, we were, at first we were wondering, you know, where, what what is Robles doing there? You know, he left it wide open. Then I guess Maria was supposed well, to be back. I, I just asked yeah. if he was supposed to be back, then why wasn't he back there? Well, he was saying you're running back. The ball's already in the air, and you're running back to try to defend yeah. the post. Yeah. No, I've you know absolutely. I think there's there's definitely uh, guys and and namely Maria that uh, didn't do what they were supposed to do, and there was a lot of guys that questioned Robles' position. But if you're waiting on a guy to stand next to the post, and we've seen this in years past, and Dax McCarthy was almost the the designated guy always that that tracked back uh, from the wall or or sat next to the post because go you know. Look, if you look at the game and if there's a free kick and it's that close to to the to to the goal, you know, playing offside and 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 allowing a guy behind the goal when it's that close, when you know the guy is going to go for the goal, when the, when the attacker and the free uh, kick taker is going to go for the goal, regardless of whether you're on on the goal line defending with two guys and three guys, uh, you know, the, the the other team is always going to go for the goal. That is the the probable uh final uh decision by the team so murillo took too long to get back and i think that robles did what he was supposed to do what uh, what they had practiced in training but uh look i thought that the the red bulls getting a goal before the half was good for them because it kind of builds up a little momentum and 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 as you know when a team scores a goal before the half, after being down for most of the half, uh, you got to think that, well, we got one back. Let's go, go go into the locker room, 
talk things over, make a couple changes, uh, do a couple things here and there, and we come back and we build on that momentum. And, and the Red Bulls did uh, try to do that, but I, I just thought that overall the, the Red Bulls uh, lacked some sharpness, uh, they lacked some speed, uh, they lacked some... Uh, some some dynamic movement up front. Some of the runs weren't happening as they should. And uh, I think that uh, Toronto being that the team that they are, the experienced team that they are, they, they control the Red Bulls very well uh, and uh, were able to not outplay the Rebels out of the park, but they were able to control uh, and not give up things to the to the Red Bulls. Now, in regards to Giovinco, I think that that's almost like a an MLS thing, right? And I think that we've heard blurbs here and there that the MLS start um, tries to protect their star players. So whether or not the foul, there was enough contact that for him to go down because he's a player with a star status. There's a, there's a certain thing about protecting these players because obviously they're the talent um, and, and they're the guys that put uh, people on the seats. So I, I don't know. I don't know if there's enough contact. There's definitely contact, but it all depends on the angle where the ref was and, and how he really saw it. But, yeah. yeah. Well, I think it also had to do with, uh, you know, Greg Vanny getting in some of the officials' ears and stuff, especially after when uh, Victor Vasquez, who Could scored uh, the earlier goal, he wound up in, in, a, in a collision with, with Philippe and wound up having to leave, and they're you know, Toronto can complain about those things here and there. They're they're known to do that. Um, <coughs> excuse, me, sorry, <laughs> choking here a little bit. So I mean, I thought you know, what one of the things I did remember, you know, Friedel saying, you know, Brad Friedel on the broadcast saying, you know, you have to be careful with guys like that, even before you know that happened, saying you know, in certain situations, you know, know who the guy is, stay away, and then. You know, there, there it was. You saw. I was just thinking exactly what Frida was saying, and I see Felipe coming up and you know making a contact with him. I'm not saying he dove. Uh, yeah, yeah I, think, I think there was contact. He went down. You know, he was knocked off balance. But yeah, you know, that's something. Uh, have, that's something you have to know. The time of the game, you have to know the player. You have to, you know, be alert. Exactly. And, and it just seemed overall, you know, the Red Bulls. It was not a good performance, and it was a game of theirs that are taking because Toronto FC weren't really attacking were the aggressors. They were the ones sort of sitting back. They had two shots on goal. Yeah. Both of them went in. Vasquez and, you know, the free kick. Other than that, you know, they had the one off the yeah. post too, I got to admit. But other than that, they were sitting back. And then it was another thing when we saw earlier in the year where, again, it was the Red Bulls' mistakes that really did them in. I mean, yeah, they really had no one well, else I, to I mean, on night. I, I, I think they had a, a – a, a couple mistakes, but I think that overall it it was what the Red Bulls didn't do throughout this match that ended up costing them the game, right? Yeah. So they could have played better. Uh, Jesse Marsh talks about the lack of intensity. Some guys didn't play to to uh, the standards that they're yes, used that, to. That's what I found really alarming. Just some of his quotes post-game. Didn't expect so many subpar performances from our guys, head coach Jesse Moore said. Didn't expect us to lack explosiveness, but sometimes in big games, that's the way it goes. We've got to regroup. regroup. But he also says, our team has fought so hard all year, and they're such good young men, and today they let themselves down. Uh, I mean, the, look, the approach is that, uh, and Jesse Marsh has, has mentioned it, it's halftime. Right. So regardless of the result, regardless of whether you're going to be a huge underdog as you uh, travel up north, it's halftime. And the message is, look, you didn't do well. 
I've had my faith on you all season. Now show me what you can do because you have to work extra hard to make up for what you didn't do well down here in Harrison up north when you travel up to Toronto. So I think it's it's a little bit of of of, of Jesse Marsh throwing down a challenge to some of these guys that and they know they know who they are that had uh, subpar performances. So it's up to them to uh, go up there and to put forth a much better performance, not only as a team, but it got, these guys that faltered individually, they have to do better because the team is counting on them. Yeah, it's just it's almost the same thing where we see the last two games are almost a nutshell of the Red Bull season. We see how good they can be in that, that match against Chicago. And then the game on Monday night, granted it's against Toronto FC, but it also just goes to show you how frustrating they can be where, you know, when things are there for the taking, they just, you know, they just seem to take a two steps back and then try to work to get to back to that same location again. So it's just uh, makes you want to bang your head against the wall. Side note, yeah. I just get to this. We talked about it last week. We go, all right, we saw the reaction for Jose Altidore, <laughs> Michael Bradley, the last week of the year in Atlanta where they were booed each time they, they touched the ball. And it happened again at Red Bull Arena like we thought it would. We go, hey, they, they booed poor Chris Wondolowski when when he missed the kick in the 2014 World Cup when he missed the goal. They were obviously going to you know, boo Altidore and Bradley. There was a bit of an incident. It, this I don't really agree with where there was a fan going after Altidore after he was taken out by the bench, questioning him, especially with his, with his uh, religious beliefs being a Jehovah's Witness. And – so that that's that's crossing the line. Yeah. But you know the other stuff, you know, being booed, you know, that that's the way it goes. You know, I I understand yeah. these people up in Toronto. They see these guys as gods because they came and helped resurrect this franchise that had done nothing since 2007. They came in from 2007 to 2014, never made yeah. the playoffs. Now last three years they made the playoffs. They went to MLS Cup. They're the best team in the league right now. So I understand how they they look at these guys. You know, with with high esteem, and they the two of them. I mean, Brad um, Altidore was causing all sorts of problems for uh, the Red Bulls yeah. Monday night. Uh, him out on the wing, a lot of his crosses, not just that one that led to the goal, but it was a few other ones. But it was almost those type of performances that we didn't necessarily see with them with the with the the U.S. national team, and especially in that final game. So, you know, the, the U.S. fans, I believe, have a right to boo them and let them know. You know, they don't need to cross the line and go after them right by the bench. And yeah. It's really personal. But and it, it just also seems with the people up in Toronto where it's just – they just get so sensitive about things. They have this great team, and they start – every time they come into town, you know, they're playing a certain team. They have their certain fanboys in the media there that, you know, protect oh. them and always make the other guys the enemies. And it's just something that they don't – they can address the booze saying, yeah, it was, you know, it was tough, you know, the people in the media. It's just – you know, according to everyone else with this team, this is just a little bit of my rant and we'll move on. I think they're a great team, but just a lot of the stuff surrounding the team where it's always the other people are always the enemy. They're always these bad, dirty guys. They, 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 you know, even before this series, they made the Red Bulls out as like these dirty guys, like the, the Broad Street Bully Philadelphia Flyer teams of the 70s where they just come up and they just kick you and punch you all the time. It's just enough. Yeah. You guys are a good team. You have the upper hand. You're heading back. To, and they just still always Look, seem like they take shots here and there. It's just enough. It, it, it's very simple, all right? So 
in order for them to be able to build that that fan base and 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 uh, go through all the letdowns that they've had throughout uh, their their uh, history um you have to almost create this imaginary enemy right and for them the imaginary enemy is the south what's south of them whatever teams they play whether it's nycfc whether it's nyrb whether it's columbus whether it's chicago that's the enemy so when you create and you um when you uh, rally your fan base around that I- imagination, around that uh, that enemy, uh, you kind of create a common ground uh, for for guys to rally uh, around your team, for the fan base to ra- rally around the team. I mean, you don't have to go that far. I mean, look at look at the the Raptors. The Raptors, their what's their motto? We the North. Yeah. So right there, you could see the divide that that has created. Uh, yeah. I mean, I get it. It's a different country. Uh, you know, the the team is up there, whatever. <clears throat> but you're cre- really creating uh, an atmosphere, as you mentioned, of us against the world by taking on that that persona and by by really making everybody that's south of the border of you your enemy, regardless of I understand what you're saying, but they just take it too much. Each game for every opponent, there's always something. And, you know, they also have their people in the media that sort of, you know, add fuel to the fire with that too. It's just, you know what? You guys have a great team. You have a great city. Enjoy it. I always have fun when I go up to Toronto. Just – Lighten up. It reminds me of the scene from uh, from Stripes. Lighten up, Francis. All right. That's all I have to say about that. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right. Just over – just look at another quick recap of the other semifinal legs. The Columbus crew, they're, 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 not, they're not leaving uh, Ohio without a fight, I'll tell you that. They defeated uh, the number two seed, NYCFC, 4-1 in Columbus. Despite getting a road goal, New York City FC head back to Yankee Stadium in a three-goal hole. That's going to be uh, tough to come back from. Portland and in, uh, out west, both game first legs, both ended in draws. Portland Timber and Houston Dynamo, 0-0 stalemate in Houston. Same thing for Seattle Sounders and Vancouver Whitecaps in uh, British Columbia. So both of those head back, Portland, heading back to Portland, and heading back to Seattle. I believe we're, we're recording this Thursday night in Seattle and Vancouver. We'll be kicking off around 10.30 p.m. Eastern time. All right, we'll move on to the second leg of this battle between the Red Bulls and Toronto FC, which takes us up north to BMO Field in Toronto. I've been there before, very uh, – very good stadium have with, to. with the the renovations they've done to it now. I was up there last year. Um, Sunday afternoon, 3 p.m. on ESPN. Obviously, we already said this. Toronto FC has the 2-1 aggregate, and they have the two road goals heading back home. And they also have the benefit of playing back at home, where they've only lost once at home all season. That was towards the end of the year when you know, things were somewhat wrapped up. 13 wins, one of those being over the Red Bulls. One loss and three draws. Um, as I said, Jesse Marsh, um, oh, but before I get to my Jesse Marsh question, uh, it's still questionable. Drew Moore had to leave the game in the first half at when he, that collided with BWP with the penalty and also Victor Vasquez with his, um, incident with Philippe. So 
they are questionable, but still they got a, a lot of depth on that team. So we'll see if they'll be available on Sunday. All right. Jesse Marsh did call out the team, the post-game presser, and he also said it, you know, some parts this week about being tentative and not being aggressive. So you're going to think that the Red Bulls, they really got to come out here at first and try to get that early goal and be the aggressor. Um, you might think that TFC, because they have that one goal you know, advantage and the two being at home, that they might try to do the same thing, you know, sit back and try to absorb the pressure. But you know what? They also might be thinking, you know, we feel good at home. We have, we've only lost here once all year. You know, let's let's come out, maybe play fire with fire. Which hmm. way do you think TFC will try to handle it on Sunday? With with we, we know the Red Bulls. You know, they're going to try to come out. Which way do you think with TFC and how they'll they'll handle it though? I think that if TFC decides to uh, sit back and try to absorb depression, they're going to get hurt. Uh, I think that they're best at when they're at their natural game, when they're playing their regular game, uh, they're best when they're at that level. I think that if they go, go too away from what they're used to doing, I think that the Rebels are, are, are going to hurt them. Um, I mean, as far as the game, Mike, it, it, look, if the Rebels could score three in Chicago, and I'm, I'm discounting the fourth because the fourth was already in the late stages yeah. of the game when Chicago had already gave, given up. If the Red Bulls could score three in Chicago, they could score two um, in Toronto, right? So, But that, that has to depend a lot on the team that they're playing against. So I think that um, Toronto is going to be warned uh, that they need to, to remain focused. Red Bulls got nothing to lose. It's all... It's going to be guns blazing uh, right off the gate. And uh, the Rebels are going to hope that uh, they get some breaks. And I think that Toronto, if they play their regular game, I mean, the Rebels have to score two goals on uh, on Toronto yeah. in order to uh, to advance. And, I, I, you know, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I very much doubt that there's a team that has scored more than two or, or many teams that have scored more than two goals uh, unanswered goals, I should say, against Toronto this season. Yeah. And that's also saying, you know, scoring two goals in advance and also keeping Toronto off the score sheet themselves. So that, right. that'll be another, Absolutely. That's another task in itself. You know, I don't know if, if they've had any uh, scoreless draws there or, you know, so no. you figure that they might at least put one in, so you're thinking that you got to score two to go to extra time or three. Then you're talking about having to score three to win. Now, uh, despite it not being an ideal performance, was there anything that you saw though Monday right uh, Monday night that you you thought wasn't too bad that you'd want them to continue to build upon heading into Sunday? Uh, you know, look, was that something um, you just take and throw right out the window? I. I think that if you add speeds to what you're trying to do and you add movement to what you're trying to do, I think that the Red Bulls are going to be in good shape. There wasn't something in particular that I could look and say, well, this sector performed poorly or or this guy got beat all day. I just think that, again, as you mentioned, Mike, it, it's the Red Bulls sometimes hurting themselves, hurting their chances. So overall, I think that the team lacked intensity they lacked speed they lacked movement they like 
they lack uh, lacked uh, ball sp speed or movement speed when you you're moving the ball around. And when you lack that speed and that movement, you're much easier to defend against. And I think that the Rebels, I didn't think they were particularly bad in any one sector, but I thought that they lack those things. And if they can introduce those things and if they can bring back those things into their gameplay, I think that the Rebels have a good chance to take this to the 90 to the 90th minute uh, with uh, a very good chance to uh, get past Toronto. No, it's not going to be easy by any means because of Toronto's record all season, what they've done at home, uh, a record-setting team this past season in the MLS. Uh, You, you name it, Shield champions, yeah. best record. They will, I think they also won the Canadian Cup too. They're equivalent of uh, the U.S. Open Cup too. So they're, right. they're going, they're going for the trouble. <laughs> right. So I mean, if if they go all the way to the final, they will, obviously they will host the final. Yeah. So this is this is something that this franchise has been working for for quite a bit. They came very very close um, last season, and yeah. there's nothing more than they would like than to be able to go back to the the final last season in which I think they were they were most likely favorites last season I don't recall if they were favorites but I would think they're yeah. favorites because after all the team that they played which was what Seattle didn't even have a shot on goal throughout the entire match penalties they want to go back and make it right now look I'm not discounting the chances that the Red Bulls have. The Red Bulls know exactly what they need to do. They need to bring it. They just need to bring it. They need to bring that intensity, that's that speed, and that movement. That's what they need to bring. And look, if you don't win this Sunday, there's 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 no tomorrow, really. So yeah. I think that the Jesse Marsh Jesse Marsh is not going to have to do much motivation because I think every single one of these players knows what needs to get done this coming Sunday. Yeah. And speaking of the players, uh, the Red Bulls starting 11, would you pretty much roll with the same lineup or is there any maybe yeah. change? Uh, obviously the same formation and, and, and the same strategy, but you're rolling out the, the same lineup on Sunday? Yeah. Yeah. No, we, uh, I mean, unless somebody – terribly disappointed Jesse Marsh um and Jesse Marsh is really in in kind of behind closed doors has felt that somebody tremendously disappointed him I don't think that uh, Jesse Marsh touches anything because I really feel that this is perhaps uh what he thinks is his strongest lineup and the tactical setup mm -mm. He's not going to touch it. Yeah. He's already mentioned that he's had success with it, and he's not going to He's not going to change anything. And some people may argue, well, but because we need to score more goals, maybe we need to go to with a couple guys up front to give us more chances. But no, Jesse Marsh is not going to do that. Yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, we'll see how it goes this Sunday. I, I want to also give a shout out to Red Bull. Oh, shout out. Yeah, shout out to Red Bull too where they went down and beat the Tampa Bay Rowdies 2-1 in extra time at Al Lang Stadium in St. Petersburg That's right. in the, the Eastern Conference semifinal. Al Lang Stadium there in St. Pete, that was actually – used to be uh, – Yan Yankees used to have their spring training there. Then later on when they moved to Fort Lauderdale and the Mets started up, they moved their spring training site there. And now it's mm -hmm. a soccer stadium. <laughs> so There you go. 
So the good for the Red Bulls, they want an extra time, and they play Sun uh, Saturday night uh, at Louisville City FC, which I believe that was the uh, original Orlando City team that moved up to Louisville when they were granted an MLS franchise. So that match will be Saturday night for the Eastern Conference Championship in USL. So I believe you can watch that online. So good luck to them as well, and good luck to the Red Bulls come Sunday. Alfredo, it was great talking to you. Uh, next time we talk, we'll either be talking about an amazing comeback by the Red Bulls heading to the Eastern <laughs> Conference Final, or we'll be putting a bow on the season in, um, in disappointing fashion, though. But uh, I'll talk to you again soon, okay, Alfredo? Take care, Mike. All right. For Alfredo Fumasas, I am Mike Corbett. Thanks for listening to the Full of Bulls podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at FOBS Podcast, on Instagram at Full of Bulls, and visit our Facebook page and subscribe on iTunes. This has been a presentation of the Full of Bulls Podcast. Thank you for listening.